Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Donna Lee Baskin joins me. She's a resident of Yellowknife, and uh, Donna, uh, Lynn, how are... Uh, it's a redundant question we normally ask, but this time it's not. How are you? Well, <laughs> we're safe. Um, we are. We have made it to Calgary. We arrived about an hour ago, um, and we picked Calgary as our destination because I, my youngest daughter lives here, So, and uh, we have other family. Um, so we, we arrived safely here this morning, and um, I've just been sort of kind of decompressing for the last hour and really taking in um, the reality of what has happened. Well, I thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us, particularly after the uh, very long time you were on the road and everything you experienced. Uh, you and I had a very interesting conversation last evening as well. How, how long were you on yeah. the road? Um, we left Yellowknife on uh, Thursday, um, sorry, yeah, Thursday evening at supper time. Um, and we got to uh, high level around three in the morning that that day. Um, we crashed pretty hard. Um, we were lucky enough to get a hotel room. Um, simply on the good luck of arriving at a hotel that had a cancellation um, just at that moment. Uh, we were fully expecting to stay at the evacuation center. Um, but uh, we got a little bit of rest, and then we spent the day at the evacuation center and just trying to make sure we had provisions and also checking in with other travelers uh, trying to share resources and share information. So we got back on the road around supper time last night, uh, stopped again in Peace River to do the same thing, connect with others that were caravanning down. And, you know, everyone's just sort of trying their best. Um, if they see a polar bear license plate, um, they were stopping by to see if we could help with anything, help each other, and um, and then just kept on the road uh, traveling through until we made it to Calgary this morning. So glad that you uh, were able to do that. And the sense of community prevails among the residents of uh, Yellowknife and the Northwest Territories more broadly. What were the days like leading up to your evacuating? It's been surreal. Um, there's a lot I'm going to have to process um, looking back on it now from from this side of the evacuation. Um, by Monday, with the air quality issues, the discussion and the, and the fires were moving closer. And, and there were actually, I mean, the, the one that is making the most news um, is on the west side of the city. But in fact, the entire city is ringed by fires that have pretty much joined together coming from the north and from the east. Um, so the, the rumors and the discussion of what's going to happen if we were to be evacuated, what what are the plans? Um, and the the I think the that first um, government press conference was around then. 
So it's really just been sort of unfolding day by day. Um, and by Wednesday, throughout the day, um, everyone was quite sure that the announcement was going to be made for a citywide evacuation, um, which did come at 7.30 that evening. Um, I think because of this slow unfolding of it, um, I guess in slow motion, I should put it, um, it, it was almost with disbelief. You, you kind of know it's a reality, but you can't believe it's actually happening. Um, and I think we were all in that boat. So there has been a calm around the city. Um, I did not see people panicking. Um, it's been a really, uh, I guess, an orderly uh, dispersal. Um, but I think we are all maybe in a state of shock. And and the reality is just beginning to fully sink in. Yeah, you know, looking at it from thousands of miles away, kilometers away, mm -hmm. it's terrifying. Trying to project yourself into that environment is doubly mm -hmm. so. Have you ever seen anything like this or anything approximating this in the Northwest Territories, in the Yellowknife area? Um, the closest would be the... Um, evacuation of the Bechico re residents. Uh, Bechico is a small community of about 800, um, an hour, um, I guess, an hour west of us. It's also on the Great Slave Lake. Um, so when the fires were approaching them, uh, three, I guess it must be three weeks ago now, they were evacuated to here. And also, uh, previous to that, um, when there was flooding in Hay River earlier this summer, they were evacuated to Yellowknife. But it was on a smaller scale, um, and the uh, I guess it was still that sense of the capital is imperme impervious. Mm -hmm. I think maybe there was uh, a little bit of a sense that, oh, well, you know, the capital, the capital can absorb it all. And so we did have those prior experiences, but it was the disbelief that, uh-oh, now it's coming at us too. Yeah. Were you, born, were you born and raised in the Northwest Territories? I am not. I have spent 20 years of my life here in the Northwest Territories, um, uh, 10 up in the Inuvik or the Beaufort Delta, uh, where my daughters grew up and graduated from high school. Um, and I've been with the college throughout that time. But I'm originally from New Brunswick and grew up in Nova Scotia. No. Oh. The beautiful Atlantic yeah. provinces. What, uh, if I may ask, what uh, what was your uh, position at the at the college? I am on faculty. I teach in the developmental studies program, so it, it is college preparation um, and upgrading for um, adults returning to the educational environment. Okay. When we spoke last night, you spoke mm -hmm. about leaving virtually. Everything behind, everything, virtually everything. What are your mm -hmm. concerns for Yellowknife now and really for your life potentially to be massively interrupted, even more so than it has been? 
Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the big discussions um, today, once I got here to Calgary with family, but I've also been on the phone with um, my former students, with my friends that are displaced around the, t- the province. We're all sort of in the same boat. When do you think we'll go back? What do you think will be there? Will will the fire? Um, will we? Will will some of our homes be gone, or will there be building loss? What what kind of damage? Or maybe we'll be lucky and there won't be any damage, but the length of time before the fire threat is reduced could be a considerable time. So there's this sense of standing on the precipice and not being able to see below. It's we, we we're we're really unsure what we're facing. But almost everybody um is in the same boat. They locked their doors, um, took what they could, um, and you know, you're making decisions in that moment. What is a priority? What um what are the the emotionally valuable items um, that you can rank at the highest priority that you will um, allot some space to in what limited space you have. And, and you just, you, you're walking away from everything. So, I mean, as I was driving down the highway, I, part of me was thinking I have to accept the fact that there might, you know, all the, all of, the detritus, detritus of my life might not be there for me to go back to. Maybe I will be rebuilding. Uh, and I have to, I have to keep talking to myself about that. So it becomes something that I can, I can process and accept. Yeah. Donna Lynn, I, I really do thank you for taking the time to yeah. talk to us. Uh, I can't, can't imagine. I cannot, literally cannot imagine what you're facing, how you're feeling. And I hope we can stay in touch and talk to you again. Absolutely. I I just want to, um, if I can take a moment, to just point out that another issue that, I mean, there's the emotional part of leaving. But I know that a lot of people were leaving without financial resources. Um, I've been in touch with students or or many of my friends and colleagues are there as immigrants. They've been working in, you know, hourly jobs, and some were not paid before they left because it wasn't the pay period. So they're coming down the highway, or they're settling in at evacuation centers along the way, and they're really without resources. So one of the things I'm really... um, I was really heartwarmed to find out this morning when I got here is that there are various groups are setting up just amongst themselves uh, to try to raise funds. Um, like a, there's an Instagram group has, has popped up yeah. trying to get people um, 
put their their email addresses, right. and then just others that do have resources are trying to send twenty dollars sure, or fifty dollars. I'm sure there's know. going to be lots of opportunity um, for people to to contribute, and I'm sure people across this country yeah. will, will step up and want to step up. Thank you again, and uh, and Thank I'll you. stay in touch with you. Yes, thank you so much. Um, really appreciate the concern and the reaching out. Okay, it, it it really touches it touches my heart, but I know like that that concern that we're we're encountering throughout really kind of restores your faith in humanity. Thank you, Donald. Thank you. Let's go to the situation, the critical situation in Kelowna and West Kelowna, particularly. In British Columbia, in B.C., the Premier has declared a state of emergency. Uh, wildfires like have never been seen before in the province. Shanine Carr is Program Director at AM 1150 in Kelowna. Shanine, thank you very much for, for joining us. Can you give us just an overall sense of what it's like in Kelowna, West Kelowna, right now? Today, we are crossing our fingers and holding our breaths because the wind has died down compared to yesterday and the night before. And so that's allowing all of the air support um, and the fire crews to get in and really do the work. So we are hopeful, uh, if the weather stays the way that it is, that they'll be able to make a lot more headway today. And they might be able to take some of the the many neighbourhoods off of evacuation order, maybe downgrade them to alert and maybe remove some of the alerts and take some of the stress off the the many people in West Kelowna in particular, but also in Kelowna and Lake Country um, who are concerned about when they're going to have to pack up and go. Yeah, the McDougal Creek uh, wildfire developed very quickly, as I understand, and particularly from Thursday to yesterday, where reports say the fire increased 100 times in size in a day. And I reposted a video you posted, uh, Shanine, it's on my Twitter feed, at The Roy Green Show, and it looks terrifying. Can you give us uh, a sense of what it's like now in West Kelowna? How much has been lost? Because I know homes have been lost and uh, and, uh, and a, a historic um, resort also very sadly lost. The Central Okanagan Regional District was actually supposed to have uh, a news conference with some updated information uh, about half an hour ago. Um, They weren't able to get that stream going. So we still have um, the information from yesterday where all they're telling us is it's numerous homes. uh, And yes, that Lake Okanagan Resort um, has been destroyed by fire. We're not sure the, uh, the scope or the sizes. Many of the homes are along West Side Road um, in the, the Traders Cove and Bear Creek areas is what we've been told. But unfortunately, we don't have um, updated numbers. And the big reason for that is the fire crews are still actively fighting the fire. And so they, they just can't they just can't do the count at this point. OK, you mentioned fire crews, the West Kelowna fire chief. I understand, is reported to have said his firefighters faced 100 years of firefighting in one night. Uh, they can't even conceive of this. Um, and just people ask me sometimes or send emails asking me about uh, West Kelowna versus Kelowna. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, West Kelowna are and Kelowna are on opposite sides of Okanagan Lake. And uh, and some of the, the, the embers, which I understand the size of footballs, have actually been hurling across the lake. Is that correct? That's right. That's what started the the fire in the the Clifton Road 
uh, area on on Thursday night. The winds were very strong. They were gusting about uh, up to 50 kilometers an hour, and I don't think anybody expected that fire to jump the lake, but it was uh, believed to be embers from uh, the McDougal Creek fire, which just it picked up as as quickly as it did. And uh, when went across the lake, and and there have been uh, there's a lot of concern with residents in West Kelowna and Kelowna. Uh, there had been yesterday, not so much today with calmer winds, but because it's just been so hot and so dry. We've come off a week of temperatures um, between 30 and 40 degrees, um, no rain in well over a month. Wow. And with that strong wind and that big fire, particularly in West Kelowna, there has been a lot of concern with people uh, about those flying embers and and uh, landing in their property and their hedges and their homes and so that's just another added bit of anxiety the first global news reporter to be at the scene on the scene in the northwest territories is jamie Dahl, who as i understand it is in the hay river enterprise area now she joins us on the Roy Green Show. Jamie, uh, thank you so much for for the time. And let me ask you, what, what do you see around you? Well, right now, I am downtown Hay River, Northwest Territories. I'm right in front of the fire hall. And it's very quiet, other than fire, some fire trucks moving around and a couple of planes flying overhead every so often. But it's a deserted town, Roy. Mm-hmm. And the damage that was done to uh, Hay River and Enterprise area, in that particular area of the Northwest Territories, what can you tell us? Well, we drove through Enterprise this morning, and yeah, that was sobering, very heartbreaking. Um, there are definitely homes lost, livelihoods lost, cars just sitting in a melted heap, uh, the town sign, you know, charred and mangled. There's homes also on the outskirts of Hay River that are also have been lost. We haven't seen those ones yet. This thing just came so quickly, and I just spoke with the Hay River fire chief, and you know, they he told us that they had been told four hours prior that this fire was 80 kilometers away, and you know, an hour later it was on the doorsteps of Enterprise. Said it just came so quickly. They were fighting it and evacuating Hay River. And they couldn't get to Enterprise in time. Um, and, yeah, it is mass destruction in that small hamlet. Yeah, the, the speed of these fires is just unbelievable. I mean, the, the, the fire chief in uh, West Kelowna, Kelowna West, was uh, apparently said what they dealt with in one day was what normally would be like a hundred years of fighting fires. It's just absolutely horrific. What's the... Uh, What's the situation now? What's the prognosis now as far as weather and and fire control is concerned? Well, here in Hay River, as is the case also up in, in Yellowknife, where I've been the last few days, it's, you know, it's so unpredictable. It's all down to the wind. There is warmer temperatures, unfortunately, in the forecast ahead. This weekend has been a bit cool, cooler. They've had some rain. And so it's kind of a bit of a reprieve. Everyone's been able to sort of just catch their breath a little bit. But the word that I'm getting from the fire officials, especially here in Hay River, is that they have some tough days ahead. This fire is only seven kilometers from the community of Hay River. The fire up in Yellowknife, that one was about 15 kilometers at last update from the city of Yellowknife. Uh, so, yeah, not out of the woods, even close from the officials that 
that's the word from officials that we're hearing here in the Northwest Territory. You know, when we spoke with uh, Donna Lynn Baskin from Yellowknife at the end of the interview, she said, we don't know where we're going back to. We don't know if we'll be going back to anything, whether we'll still have our homes, whether we'll still have the things that are important to us in life. And that's a terrible amount of stress to live under. Jamie, could you take us a bit on a bit of a, I don't always use the word tour, but take us on a bit of a, uh, of, of a description of what you've seen and where you've seen it since you've arrived at, uh, in the Northwest Territories, if you don't mind. Yeah. Well, I think you just, you nailed it there. You know, it's just, it's been a mountain of uncertainty that these people have been facing. And, and not just this week. So many of these fires, they've been battling these things for weeks, weeks now. Hey, River, they were evacuated at the beginning of summer, this community, already, and came back. And now they're facing it again. Uh, in Yellowknife, you know, just so much uncertainty. People not sure, are we going? Are we staying? You know, and, and like we talked about, it can happen so quickly. Um, it can just, you know, you know, it can enterprise. It can happen so quickly in Kelowna that no matter how prepared you are, we've seen the results of what, what can happen. Um, and so there is a undeniable amount of stress. There's stress because there's fear of the uncertainty and the unknown of home. But I think it's also really important to point out that these evacuations themselves, they come with an incredible amount of burden. People, I talked to um, a, a single mother of four children who was about to board a flight from Yellowknife to Calgary the other day, and she said, I can't leave. You know, I, I, have, I have to put, I need to make some money. I need to feed my children. I, you know, I, I can't not work. Uh, you know, things like that. People need, need to work. So everything in their life is paused. Um, there are people that, you know, are on vacation and they, their dogs are being looked after by the neighbor. So now the neighbors, we talked to one guy and he had four dogs he was driving from Yellowknife to Calgary. He was looking after their dogs. Another person was looking after a couple's children because they had gone on like a, uh, on a little overnight trip or something and, and um, couldn't get back in time for the evacuation. So she had four children with her that she was uh, fleeing with. So it's incredibly, of course, disruptive. On top of all of that, the unknown of, you know, just the magnitude of these fires. And in a lot of cases, too, you can actually see them. Sometimes you'll see the big plume on the horizon. Or there'll be a day like today in Hay River, it's blue sky, you know, so you wouldn't even really think. I don't even smell the smoke in the air. But just on the outskirts lingers this threat. Yeah. If I remember correctly, the fire in Fort McMurray a couple of years ago was called the Beast because of what it did. And these certainly these fires deserve a similar uh, descriptor because, you know, when you said, was it 50, 50 miles away in a, in a couple of hours, it's, it's on top of the community. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just mind numbing. Just want to remind our our listeners: redcross.ca or one eight hundred four eight one eleven eleven. If you wish to provide some financial support for the folks who are in such distress, the personal stories. Hey, Jamie, we have about thirty seconds, but the personal stories. When you you know you have the big picture, but when you talk to the people and the and you hear the individual stories, which you've just told us, they just they just bury their themselves into your heart. Oh. Last night, we ended up sleeping on a cot in the bottom, like the basement of a really small hotel in a really small community, the first stop out of Northwest Territory, because there was, or out of Yellowknife, there was no, no beds. And I sat up in the evening with an elder, 
And it was just so touching. And she was telling me about the fires that, you know, that they had been evacuated from when she was a girl, um, when she was 16, and now she's 76. Uh, and she was just sharing, you know, just how heart-wrenching it is to see this this magnitude of fire and the dryness that they're experiencing um, up here that she's never seen before. The fall, the early fall that is coming at the end of July, the leaves turning. Uh, and, yeah, th- th- there's so many store- personal stories, but there's also... Um, this common thread, and they say Northerners are, are hardy, strong people, right? and they're very united, and that could not be more true in, in what I'm with. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. Thank you